I'm always happy to shed tears for this show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Watched It, the show about shows. I'm your host, Caitlin Berger. I'm a professional flutist who would usually rather be watching TV. Now, am I an expert on TV? Absolutely not. I basically forget everything I watch within one business week, but I believe you don't have to be an expert to have a good old chat with friends and family about our favorite TV shows, the characters that resonate with us, and the scenes that make us flip out. Today on the pod, we'll be discussing Please Like Me. This show is only four seasons long and made up of 30-minute episodes, so please go binge it if you haven't already. But if all you're interested in today is listening to two diehard fans of this show try to make light of some very serious topics, then by all means, keep on listening. I want to offer a very serious and important trigger warning for this episode in particular. More so than other episodes we've covered, we're going to go pretty heavily into discussing mental illness and mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and suicide. So please, please take care of yourselves. First and foremost, if this is not topics you can handle right now, please come back to this episode at a later time. And I'll provide links in the show notes for resources if you do require any kind of mental health help. Uh, We're also going to be touching on death and abortion in terms of content warnings as well. Please Like Me was an Australian dramedy created by Josh Thomas, which premiered in 2013 on the channel ABC2. It stars Josh Thomas playing a fictionalized version of himself as he deals with the mental health struggles of his mom and the trials and tribulations of finding love and maintaining friendships. This show is chock full of brilliant actors, including Josh Thomas himself, Deborah Lawrence, David Roberts, Thomas Ward, Caitlin Stacey, Renee Lim, Hannah Gadsby, Keegan Joyce, Emily Barclay, and many more beautiful people. If you enjoyed today's show, please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share our podcast with your friends and family so we can all talk about TV together. And I promise not every episode is going to be so heavy. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting us. Joining me to discuss Please Like Me is Ted. Hello, Ted. Hello. How are you doing on this fine day? I am fabulous. How are you? I am good, thanks. I'm so happy you're here. How do we even know each other? Boy, if I had a nickel for every time somebody asked me that. Um, How do we know each other? Well, we know each other from orchestra, from youth orchestra, which is where we met. Hmm. But really, we've known each other our whole lives. Oh, yeah. Because, listeners, Ted and I are the same person. I don't even know how to explain this. Like every day we message each other and at some point during the week I go, one day they're going to study our brains because (laughs) we have the same brain. We are the same person. Yeah. It's honestly terrifying. (laughs) It really is. Like the (laughs) amount of like thoughts we have that occur at the same time and are the exact same thought, like the frequency of that happening is astonishing. So really today I'm actually just interviewing myself. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But since it is your first time on the pod, I would love to get to know you as a TV watcher. So what are some of your all-time favorite shows and which genres do you normally gravitate towards? You know, my TV watching has changed over the years. I used to like 
pretty much watch all genres. Um, these days, I mostly gravitate towards comedy. I like to keep it light. Of course, my favorite, favorite, favorite show is Friends. Yeah, that I was expecting. <laughs> oh, yes. I am like a an authority on Friends. I've, I've seen that show... I don't even want to know how many times I've seen it. You know, like it's, I can recite every episode. We'll definitely have you on anytime. If we do friends, you're at the top of my list. No one else is competing there. So (laughs) awesome. And before we dive into today's show, I'd like to know what content you've been consuming lately. So that could be anything from, of course, TV shows to movies, books, music, podcasts, anything you want to shout out? Um, I am. At the end of a crazy, crazy good book. It's called The Will of the Many by James Islington, I believe it is, who's an Australian author. And like, I don't know, the first 10 pages, I was like, okay, this is going to be a five star. And I'm at like the last 20%, I think, and it's for sure a five star. (laughs) Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. You've been reading some really awesome books lately, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on uh, quite a reading streak recently, actually, which is pretty new for me. So it's it's fun. I like it. Yeah, that's funny because I used to read a lot when I was younger, and I guess in some ways maybe I still do. But like something I'm still reading that I mentioned on the pod like weeks ago <laughs> is "The Lying Life of Adults" by Elena Ferrante. I might even bring it up in like five episodes from now if I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but I'm just so like devoted i guess to tv nowadays you know between the podcast and just my own enjoyment of the craft i always just want to be watching a show basically so even though i absolutely am loving the book it's just taking me forever which is fine because it like sinks in better almost like i'm with the characters for a longer period of time even if i'm not reading every day so i kind of like that And then I started watching the new show on Amazon, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is really, really good. I think I'm like halfway through. I never saw the like original movie from the early 2000s or whenever that was, but I think the show is really well done. So I definitely wanted to shout that out. Please like me. Oh boy. (laughs) Let's get into it. So first thing I want to know from you is what made you decide to watch this show? And did you watch it while it was being released or at a later time? So what made me decide it was just, I was on Netflix one day, didn't know what to watch, just finished another show. And it was like on my, it was the first one on recommended for you. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Knew nothing about it whatsoever. Had no idea what I was getting into. And like, you know, the first 10 seconds in, I was like, okay, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't actually remember when or even why I started watching it. I have a feeling maybe my first roommate, Malika, who, you know, I think she was the one who told me about it. That's the only thing I could think of other than maybe like you sort of browsing around and landing on it. But I think when I watched it, I feel like all the seasons were out already. I had watched it when I believe the first two seasons were out. And then I had to wait for the third and fourth, which was torture. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you mentioned, you know, not really knowing what it was going to be about, but did you have any expectations or did it turn out to be a completely different show than you assumed it would be? Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I I didn't really have any assumptions at all because like like I said, I really had never heard of it. After the first episode, I kind of built expectations, I guess. And like they were met. Like it was... 
it was good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I don't remember what I was thinking because I don't remember when I first watched it. I assume I figured it was going to be a comedy, which it sort of is. But certainly I was not expecting how much there'd be like serious topics involved. I didn't expect that all the issues with Josh's mom would last for the entire show and that they would delve into some really sort of dramatic and serious topics, even though the vibes always stay the same and there's always sort of a glimmer of comedy around things in a sense. Yeah, I was not expecting how much it would hit me, how much it would stay with me. And funny enough, I was just thinking the other day, like it's only been in recent maybe a couple years that I've rewatched certain TV shows, but because I was never a rewatcher of TV, like movies. Yes. I'm a big rewatcher of movies, but I think please like me before a few years ago, please like me was the only show I'd rewatched like two or three times. And I just remember that distinctly because it just stuck with me so much that I couldn't imagine going through life, never watching it ever again. And so there's, it has that special place for me. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I can agree with that. Because I had watched the first two seasons when they came out. When the third one came out, I rewatched the first two, obviously. And then I did the same thing with the fourth season. And then pretty much at least once a year, I will rewatch it. Because it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's so touching. It It's like, you know, like, yeah, like I can't imagine not having ever watched it you know yeah. so like i do enjoy re-watching it because every time it's just as good as the last yeah and we've already had so many conversations leading up to this recording because we both re-watched it in full recently and i remember thinking like oh my fucking god i want to talk about every single episode and there's 30 episodes or i don't know what and i'm like how the fuck am i going to choose what to touch on. We can't make this like a 10 hour podcast, but like genuinely, literally every single episode is worth discussing in my opinion. So it's like a fucking Sophie's choice times a million here, but <laughs> like, well, we'll get into it. We're going to talk about some characters first. I'd love to know which characters you found the most compelling or if there are characters that really resonated with you. I mean, Josh, of course, really resonated with me for a lot of reasons. He, Him and his mom are the two characters that made me fall in love with the show. And him especially, just, I'm a big foodie. When I first watched this was around when I was in culinary school. And Josh is a big foodie, you know? So every single episode, there's, there's a lot of food stuff going on. And I, I just, I've always connected with him through that. And then also, you know, there's his whole, you know, he's gay. He's, you know, he goes through mental health stuff and, you know, all of these things. And like, he's just, he's such a relatable character for me that he, he's the one who really, really resonates with me. Yeah. I was going to say that he is like the best main character you can have because everything he does, you can relate to so many aspects of his personality. I also relate to and and resonate with me, especially it's, I, I find it very interesting watching it now because since making that show or like a while later, the creator, Josh Thomas sort of realized he has ADHD and is autistic. And when I rewatched recently from the first episode, I'm like, oh yeah, of course he's autistic. Like, it's like, it's so funny. I wonder, I'm sure he's also looked back and been like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's why I wrote that 
episode or that's why I wrote that piece of dialogue or like made my character do this and that because I think there's a lot of him in it. I find him relatable because he has trouble not necessarily communicating, but he has trouble being like in touch with his feelings in a way I, I relate to and I don't relate to, but I think it makes him very human. Like he has such a good heart, but he has trouble navigating like the mushier parts of tough discussions and that sort of thing. And I think that's just so, so, so real. He doesn't do crazy mean things. He doesn't have a villainous season or episode. He's just like a literal normal guy. Also, I find him hilarious. Like he's a, a stand-up comic. He's actually doing a show right now in Australia. He had come to Montreal, but we weren't. We didn't end up going. But I absolutely love him. Like I love following him on social media and everything. And I think he just infused the best kinds of human traits into this character. I, I also like his bluntness as well. And like he's very, from what I gathered, is like he's very well educated in the show. You know, he's very up in like, I don't really know how to word it, but like he's not, he's not, you know, he's, I don't want to say woke, but like, right. I guess that's kind of where I'm going. Like he's, you know, he's, he's. He's like socially aware. Socially there. There you go. That's a very <laughs> good way to put it. Yes. Um, and like he has his opinions and he just kind of does it. You know, and that's, that's something that I try to have been trying to live by as well. You know, like you don't have to care what everybody else is thinking and saying. You just have to have your own views, you know, and he really, he really does that in the show. Yeah. Like you really see it in a lot of his, his interactions with the boys, you know? Oh, so, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are some cringy moments, maybe some slightly problematic things that probably don't age well, but I think it's still like a, a well-rounded portrayal of someone who's fallible, right? Like he's showing like, I'm not a terrible guy, but it doesn't mean that I'm perfect and I say the right thing at all times. He, yeah, he speaks his truth. That's for sure. He does. He has to sometimes be pushed to do it. <laughs> Other times not. <laughs> he's delightful. Like I can't imagine anyone else any other actor or any other type of character being the lead of this show. Like, it just wouldn't work. I'm curious to know uh, what you think about his mom, Rose. Oh, my God. I mean, so many things. <laughs> um, where, where, where do I even start? I don't know. You know, I mean, I love her. I really do. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's hard. You know, this is, this is going to be one of these dark episodes, I guess. But, like... When I was watching this the first time, I was going through a lot of mental health issues, really struggling with depression, really struggling with anxiety, and I was really able to relate with her, I guess, with a lot of the things she went through. Like I said, you know, at the beginning of this, it's really her and Josh that got me in love with the show. I just, I, I loved the two of them together. I love the relationship. <laughs> I mean, I think she's a fascinating character. I, I, this is going to be this probably the word of the episode today, but she's extremely relatable, like you were saying. Not only in the sense of people who might be struggling with the same things as she's struggling with, notably depression and bipolar disorder, but in the ways in which she's like, again, she's like a regular mom and a regular person who's who seems actually quite fun-loving and quite upbeat, but she takes things to heart so much. And I think that's what makes you know, her mental health struggles so hard on her is that if she didn't have this illness, she probably just would be the life of the party at all times. And I don't know, maybe she had certain dreams that she wanted to accomplish. And 
as we all know, any kind of illness, whether it's sort of a physiological or mental illness, really just it, it limits your day-to-day like life in a sense. And every day could be a lead up to accomplishing a goal or a dream. But if you're struggling every day, it's terrible, right? And I think that's what makes her arc and her eventual, you know, demise in a sense. I find it so much more heartbreaking because she tried so hard. She tried so fucking hard all the time to to be there for Josh first and foremost, but to get better. She really did. And there's few other shows that I can think of that have a more heartbreaking ending for very specific reasons and because of the arc she had and you just were rooting for her and you assumed she'd be okay because she was okay for, well, quote unquote, okay. (laughs) You know, for four seasons, she was trudging along and trying to make the best of things. I would say that she's a great mom. I think she loved Josh so much and their relationship. And I mean, we'll get into specific episodes soon. I think we both know which episode we love the most between the two of them, but I think their relationship is so, so, so beautiful. Josh and Rose, to me, yeah, for sure, are my favorites out of the whole cast, I would have to say. (laughs) Um, Any other characters that you want to shout out? Every single one of them? Um, (laughs) No, I mean, I I also have to put in a good word for his dad. Yeah, Alan. I think he was a good dad. I think he was a bit of a clueless person for a lot of things. But I think he was just a lovely father. From what I gather from this show, like, I don't know. I just, I feel he deserves a little bit of praise. You know, he, he comes off as goofy and, and stupid at times. Like he, like he's a complete idiot in a lot of episodes. (laughs) And one of the things that I just loved was when he bought him the coffee cart. You know, I thought that was so cute. It was like such a good idea. And he was really you know, he was just trying to help his son out, you know, and, and in a way where he had been pushing him a little bit, I guess, leading up to it. But finally, you know, he came up with this coffee cart idea and it's, you know, he knew that it would work for Josh because like, it's something he could do like on his own, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't being forced into it. Especially because we would assume that Josh is not the type of person who wants to go like work in an office for the man, you know, like, it wouldn't work for him to have a traditional job because I think also, is it in season one or two where he tells his dad like that he's still at the, that point he was still in university and like creative arts of some kind. So he's clearly a very creative person. And like you said, it was such a beautiful gesture from Alan to give him something that, you know, it's almost like a self-employed situation. You're by the river or whatever it is like it's a beautiful place it seems like and then when he thought that he could also make like the candy treats like it just seemed to work really well for him so yeah alan is it's a he's a type of person that's like he thinks of himself as like an upstanding citizen you know he's like a rule follower and he like obeys the law and i think he's even uh what's it called he's um a landlord he has property and everything and so he's one of those guys but like he would do anything for his son in a sense because there's different times you know where he tells josh like no i'm not helping you with this i want you to like learn on your own and i guess in his head he sees that as like that tough love thing which like i'm not a huge fan of but you empathize with him there's no character on the show that's like evil or anything right you know where his dad's coming from i also in the same 
vein, I want to bring up May, who I fucking adore. Oh my god, I love May. She's so in every scene she's in, she's amazing. Scene stealer. Oh yeah. I just love how much she like rags on Alan. And like normally like I wouldn't say that that's a great relationship at the end of the day and they obviously go through like many struggles together, but I love that she's not like like she sticks up for Rose a lot, you know, if Alan and Rose are fighting. Um, and so she's not your typical like second wife type of character. I don't even know. Like she's so funny. She's her humor is hilarious. I love anytime she's talking with her parents and they're like making fun of Alan. I find it so funny. <laughs> I don't know where those two would go from there you know like after the show finishes who knows if that couple would make it long term because they had such intense issues (laughs) by the end of the show but i fucking love may like i would do i would love a spinoff for her oh my god yes please (laughs) (laughs) either like a prequel or just like picking up from where she left off yeah another character that you know, I think we'll probably get to, but obviously is worth mentioning as Tom. Mm-hmm. He has some issues and all those things, but you know, in the very end, in in the the second to last episode, that episode, when they're at dinner and Josh decides to go to bed, and Tom just like breaks down. And that makes me cry. Every single time I see it. And, you know, I always know it's coming and I'm, the tears are starting. And it's, it's really, you see it throughout the whole show, but it's really at that moment where you're like, you really see the bond between Josh and Tom. And you're, you're just, you're completely heartbroken for him and for both of them. That scene and that snippet of the scene is unforgettable to me. I think he says something to the effect of, He's with Ella, and he says, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Exactly. And I love that. I mean, it was so short, but we very rarely get to have instances in a show or film of seeing what friends and family are dealing with in regards to someone else's pain. So Josh loses his mom. He's the one experiencing all this pain. But if your friend loves you, then clearly – if you're in pain, your friend's in pain. And we don't really see that much, you know, like Tom was trying his best to figure out a way of either keeping things like heart lighthearted, or I think Josh told him to call Arnold or like, you know, trying to take care of things for Josh. And just the fact that after he was like, this is so hard for me, not in the sense of like centering himself, just like I'm in so much pain because Josh is in pain right now. And like you said at the beginning too, talking about Tom, he's he definitely is probably the one that I think that fucks up the most in terms of like characters on this show. His track record with girlfriends is really bad. Like just so much bad stuff happens. <laughs> I would say he's someone that has a good heart, but not a great moral compass. I would put it that way. Yeah, I, th- I think I would agree with that full heartedly. <laughs> he tries his best. He's obviously there for for Josh until the end, right? The very last scene of this show is them chilling in Josh's new condo together. And I think I mentioned to you, like for a while, I thought that the ending of the show was really intentional, but it left so many things in a weird place. I was just always thought like, okay, that's, that's fine. And then on this rewatch, I was like, 
no, it really feels like there could have been another season. Like maybe they weren't super final about it. I mean, I, I don't know if, if uh, Josh has ever talked about that. But I just, in any case, I love that it's the two of them together till the end, really. I think they wrapped it up in a way that it was a good ending, but they also kind of left some doors open, you know, to continue it, which, you know, unfortunately they didn't do. The way it ends with him, you know, after breaking up with um, Ella and then, you know, he comes back and, you know, the very last scene is the the zoom out of them eating together in his on his new couch, you know, and it's, I thought that was just so lovely. It's so cute. And, you know, he's problematic, <laughs> but you, you have to say he is a good friend for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. He's stupid, but he's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to shout out Hannah, who's played by Hannah Gadsby. And I feel like this is another instance of basically having created a fictionalized character of this real person. Um, I think they share a lot of similarities. Not that I know Hannah Gadsby personally, but through her stand-up shows and reading her book as well, which is amazing. Um, I think there's a lot of her real person in this character of Hannah. What I really appreciate about her is that she has boundaries and she's not afraid to reinforce them with people. Obviously, she's sort of characterized as someone that's a bit more surly, grumpy compared to the other characters, but it's really just like she's trying to protect her peace. She's dealt with awful, crazy, awful stuff and she doesn't want to hug you. She doesn't want a surprise ambush. She doesn't want all these things that other people might be fine with. And I love that she's she asserts herself in that way. She's not afraid to do that because she values her boundaries. And so I think her character provides such a nice contrast to everyone and she still works well within the cast, you know? There was also the other friend of theirs at, at the home. Ginger. Ginger. That's it. Yeah. She, she was a riot of a character. (laughs) Ginger. I wish she was in it for longer. Obviously, it's extremely sad how things unfold. And she is so fun. She's so zany. And again, I think it's one of those situations where a lot of the times people who on the outside are very outgoing and and trying to make people laugh and do funny things, they're the people that very often are struggling the most and have the most pain. Um, I always think of someone like Robin Williams, right, who just – is sort of that prime example of someone who could make the entire world laugh. And it seemed like that was his mission in life and was someone that clearly also struggled with a lot of awful feelings. <laughs> so I think that happens a lot. I feel like there's a lot of that in the comedy world in a sense. So that was really hard to witness, especially how it affected Rose, you know, like the episode where Ginger ends her life, they all go off to the zoo And Ginger basically convinces Josh that she doesn't want to go because she wants the place to herself and all of this sort of thing. And it's only in hindsight that you look back and go, oh, red flag, right? Everyone's gone so that she could do what she does. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's it's awful knowing that she was alone in that or that she had planned it, basically. That, That, I think, is what was really just sad is that she just felt that that was what she needed to do. And that's always sad when someone feels that way. Like you said, when you rewatch it and you see that, you're like, oh, red flag. Later on in the show, 
I noticed it the, the first few times I rewatched it, but this time especially the dinner episode with Josh and his parents really is foreshadowing what happens. You know, it's yes. really when you, when you rewatch it, you really sit down and go, "Oh fuck," you know. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So let's let's jump into the scenes and episodes that we that we enjoyed question mark that we <laughs> that we found compelling memorable <laughs> that's definitely one of them so this is in season four episode four do you want to explain what happens in the episode uh so yeah josh takes his mom and his dad out for dinner to like super super fancy restaurant it's you know tasting menu it's like outrageously expensive of course alan has a problem with it at, at one point you know but rose is like no let's do it we're here i love it and they do it and it's you know it's so wonderful and they spend such a lovely time together and throughout the whole dinner she's just this is not a good way to put it, but she's like vomiting up her emotion. That is a good way to put it, actually. Like, yeah, you know, like the whole time she's, you know, she's bringing up, you know, how proud of uh, Josh she is, how much she loves him, how happy she is for Alan and May and like all these things. And then at the very end, when when they leave, you know, and she's like, she tells Josh that she still loves Alan and, you know, She's going to walk home and, you know, the first time you're watching it, you're like, she's in such a good place. This is wonderful. I'm so happy. But then, you know, as they say, you know, sometimes when that happens, it, you know, it's it's not necessarily a good thing. It's It's hard. It's a hard episode to digest. It really is. Like you said, the first time you watch it, you can be fooled into thinking like, oh, we've arrived. Rose is doing well. Like... But like you're saying, it's really clear warning signs, but only in hindsight, because at the end of the day, it's so hard. Like if we're Josh and our mom has bipolar disorder and has gone through several suicide attempts, you still don't want to assume that when they're happy, something bad's going to happen. You, you just want them to be happy because uh, you can't go through life assuming that bad things are going to happen. Caitlin tells herself, <laughs> tries to convince herself of that. So it's really hard to go through this episode and watch them go through this dinner and feel that joy as a viewer knowing what comes next. But but for Josh, he takes that face value because he just needs to believe that his mom's doing well. It, it's not like it was naive, I don't think. It just he doesn't want to be double checking his mom like every single day. He wants to trust her. He wants her to get better and be an adult, except whatever, you know. The other thing, though, that I really loved about this episode is the cinematography. Funny enough, you had mentioned um, before how food is a part of this show. And I'd love to delve deeper into that. I love that aspect of the show. I think Josh in and of himself, he loves cooking. He loves making food for others. And I think that's like his quote unquote love language. <laughs> and in this episode, I love like how each dish was is shown. Like the camera has a very nice angles and just like, I don't know, the way it was shot was so beautiful and so stunning. I feel like it's an episode that visually sticks out from the rest of the show probably on purpose right because it's such an important episode and just like the pleasure they get from eating and they're savoring this food together i that's a hard thing for me to do i try and do that more nowadays but 
like I know how much you're like you were saying you're a foodie and and I I could see that this must have been so fascinating for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this was definitely in my top 2 favorite episodes. A- aside from what happens next, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like this is the best episode I've ever seen, you know. Well, not the best, but one of them. And yeah, like the food is just I've been to a restaurant like that where they they give you these crazy tiny little portions of like super beautiful and incredibly delicious food. So like when I was watching this, I was like, oh, you know, this is so much fun. What an experience. You know, this is like, this is just a great, a great little family bonding moment. You know, like it was just so, such a cute, wonderful idea. I loved it. I completely agree. If I were to think of episodes of television that I think stuck with me the most on an emotional personal level this would be in my top three maybe or i don't know it's certainly up there and rose does end up taking her own life in the next episode it's obviously very sad to know that when you rewatch the show and you watch this episode when they're at the restaurant but in a weird way it's also nice quote unquote to know that she got the closure she wanted it's obviously devastating that she decided that she could not continue her life but it's that weird thing of like well i guess the silver lining is she felt at peace in a very fucked up way it's such a crazy thing i think it's so human because humans are not straightforward it's not like i'm sad and now i'm going to you know end my life it's like i'm having the most amazing night and i still need to end my life and it's awful it's so awful to know that that's what was going on in her mind. But I'm just happy that, you know, when she she starts crying as she says that she's so proud of Josh, like in my head, it's, I would imagine that's all she wanted as a mother is to be proud of her son and to know, I feel like she was saying like, I can leave this earth knowing that you'll be okay, which is, <laughs> I don't know how you can get more heartbroken than that. What I also like about the the episode following this. So in the next episode, Josh is obviously dealing with the repercussions of his mom's death and he calls Claire to tell her. And he says, sometimes when I think of her, the last few conversations that we've had, it seemed like she was trying to say goodbye. And that, (laughs) that really gets me because that's what we've been saying, right? Is that there were those warning signs. You can't see someone being happy only as a warning sign, right? Like it's like, you can't, Oh, it's like in hindsight, he saw it, but there's no way he could have seen it in the present moment. That is so fucking tough. Yeah, you know, that's it. There's absolutely zero way he could have seen this coming. As horrible as the situation was, and, you know, as sad as it is that she did what she did even after this, I think it was a really beautiful way to say goodbye for her and for Josh. Interestingly, in the next episode, when he does find her, I think she had a note in her hand, but I don't think we ever find out what's in it, which I would assume is deliberate. But that's very curious to me in a sense. I'm just curious what the thought process was of deciding whether or not Josh would tell the viewers what was in that letter. The other thing, too, in that in episode five, what that I found interesting is that you don't see a funeral or anything like that. It's really just Josh dealing with the repercussions. And then the the series finale, episode six, is him sort of, I guess, entering a new chapter of his life. 
it's a testament to this show in terms of like keeping it real, which sounds glib, but like keeping it real in the sense of like, it's just true that sometimes when you're dealing with mental health issues, you can try literally so fucking hard to get up and and lead your life. And sometimes it won't be enough and it's devastating and it's portrayed, I think, in the best way in this show. I don't know what that what best means, but <laughs> it's something that's true. It's sad and it would have been lovely to have this show end with Rose being alive. That's the goal, right? That would be the best case scenario. But this is probably one of the more realistic scenarios. Obviously, I'm not saying that like most people with mental health struggles are going to end their life. That's not true either. And they shouldn't or anything like that. But but I think it's just sometimes that's what happens in a show is that you need to tell people it's not your fault also, right? Like she tried so hard. She had this beautiful last meal with her family that she clearly loves. And it wasn't enough because it, it's an illness. We can imagine all sorts of things that were going through her mind when she finally did end her life. We'll never know. But I think it was worth exploring this situation because I think this has obviously happened to people in real life. It's just really well done and and not everything has a happy ending, unfortunately. A lot of the subjects that they touch on, they really, I think they do a really good job at, like you said, keeping it real. Two of the things that that really hit me in the last, last, last episode I believe it was they were both in the last episode. Maybe one of them was in, in the second to last. So yeah, in in the episode when he calls Claire to tell her what happened, and she just kind of sits there for a second and absorbs it, and then says, "There's nothing for me to say that's going to make it better. It's it's shit, and it's going to be shit." And Josh says, "Thank you, you know, thank you for saying that because everybody else is trying to fix it and they can't. You know, you can't fix this and." Yeah, I really liked that. I thought, you know, it it is. It is shit, <laughs> you know, and there's really nothing you can do about it. And I think they handled that well. I think it was the next episode, all of his appointments with his therapist. <laughs> Those were great. <laughs> yeah, they were fantastic. You know, she was there for one episode and she was a fantastic yeah. character. You know, it was really good. Yeah. He talks to her about something similar there where, you know, he says, yeah, I'm sad. And I think it's okay for me to be sad, you know, and he's right. There's no time limit on emotions. He's going to be sad and he's going to be sad for a long time. And I think he really sits with his emotions. And I think that's a good thing for them to be showing, you know, because a lot of people these days don't like sitting with their emotions. I mean, who, who does, you know, nobody wants to sit with their emotions, but it's something that we have to do. People cry, people are sad and you, you got to live with it, you know? I think they really did a good job at kind of, you know, showing us how to handle grief. Yeah. Similar with Ginger. She seems so upbeat and then she pre-planned the ending of her life. And essentially, more or less from what we can surmise, Rose did the same. And so it's not like, like I was saying before, this like thing of like, oh my God, I'm so sad. I'm so, it's like only negative things happening. And, and then it's like, well, of course they decided to do this. It was showing both of these characters in good spirits. And that's what makes it like really hard to cope with, especially for Josh. Rose had already attempted to end her life previously and wasn't successful, I guess it would be the correct term. And so like you had mentioned before, also like there's no way he could have known. He's not a character that's going to every day like 
assume his mom is gonna do this again but anyways um back to the the therapy what i enjoyed as well is when you brought up that he said like yeah i'm sad i think he says something to the effect of like but it's not like a like it's a normal sad it's not like a i'm gonna end my life sad it's like a normal reaction to my mom dying you know like and that's sort of a good distinction to make in a sense of just like i have to feel this sadness because it is the most appropriate response to what just happened to me and i think also when he's talking to claire i think she says like one day it's going to be a bit less shit you know and and the the amount of how shit it feels is just going to sort of go down and sometimes it'll spike and then sometimes it'll drop and that's now your burden to bear which is awful but very human i'd love to now talk about the other episode that i think is one of your favorites i I think this is my my favorite episode in tv like of of any show it's i just i love it so much (laughs) so my guess is season two episode seven when josh and rose go camping exactly yes Yes. so what tell me tell me what happens in the episode tell me what you love about it oh god i just i just love it everything about it you know it's the episode after ginger decides to take her life and josh and rose go on a hike slash camping trip and it's the whole episode. It's only Josh and Rose. Nobody else makes an appearance. It's like very dialogue heavy. You know, there's beautiful scenery. It's everything, but they're just so real with each other. And I love it. And, you know, before we get into that stuff, there's also, you know, the tie-in of the theme song that they do, you know, in every episode, they they tie it in in a different way. I think that's the best one. <laughs> Let's take a brief pause to talk about the theme song. So Ted and I both love it. It's just like a snippet of a song. So it's by Clary Brown and the Bangin' rackets or rockets i can't read my own writing now and the song is called i'll be fine so like you're saying like every episode there's a snippet and usually on top of the theme song someone will be cooking something or like something interesting will be happening so it's like almost part of the show and so in this episode the camping trip rose is just singing it like in the show (laughs) and it's just so adorable it's so cute one of these moments where it's just them two And I think it's the most compelling relationship of the whole show, though I'd love to touch on Arnold at some point. But um, there's a moment in the tent where Rose is crying, and then I think she farts, and then she starts (laughs) laughing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that's life, man. Like, that's fucking life. It's like you're crying one moment, and then something stupid happens the next, and that's just – that's realistic. It's not a glossy – scene in a show where she's saying the perfect thing and she's able to exactly tell Josh why she's had all these suicide attempts. She's crying because she hates her life and then she farts and she finds it funny, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Like it's, you know, they do this a lot throughout the whole show. They they put in a tiny little bit of of humor to keep things going. And it's good because sometimes we have to laugh at ourselves, you know? Yeah. There's also, you know, more serious parts where uh rose is basically asking josh like please can you tell me like are you angry at me like i'm sure you're angry at me for you know basically struggling with my disorder and also attempting to take my life a few times and josh finally says like you know what the first two times he was more like scared or i don't remember what he says but then he said the third time he started to feel angry because the doctor said that 
they had pumped her stomach, but if they didn't get all the drugs or whatever out, she would slowly die over a period of like two weeks and they couldn't, there was nothing the doctors could do about it. She would either be fine or she would, there's nothing else they could do. She would die. And he said like, I'm angry that you almost made me watch you die slowly over two weeks. And you can see on Rose's face, like, of course, that's just never my intention to make you suffer, right? She's suffering. And the only thing she feels she could do in certain moments of her life is to try and end her suffering by ending her life, right? That was such a raw moment. That moment is one of the the big reasons why I really love the episode. It's, again, a cliche. It's just so real, you know? He, she's just so honest with her feelings and he is honest with his, you know, mental health is, is difficult. It's a difficult thing to navigate. And I think a lot of people would be afraid to admit what he admitted. I think it's a good thing that he said it, you know, cause I think it's, you know, it's important to own your emotions and it's important to express them. Absolutely. I think another interesting part of the episode, I mean, it's funny, but when Rose, they're at the stream and Rose goes in and then she spots a snake. So she's on the other side of the stream and she's too scared to come back. I thought it's really funny, you know, because then Josh has to go in with a stick and be like, go away, snake or whatever. (laughs) But at the same time, I felt like it's also a moment of like seeing that Josh has been parentified in a sense, right? Because the beginning of the entire show opens with after uh, one of Rose's suicide attempts and Josh is now meant to take care of her along with Peg. But anyways, you know, he does have to take care of his mom in very material ways. And in this episode, it's like a short scene that you could think is just like, oh, that's a funny scene. But, you know, he still has to almost be Rose's parent sometimes. Like she was being, a, to be honest, a bit immature, right? Like not that I'm not that I wouldn't be afraid of a snake either, but Josh was like, Kate, hey, the snake's gone. Like it's a street, like the snake's not there. Don't worry. Like it's going to take you two seconds to come back. And she's adamant that Josh has to come over and rescue her. You know, I think it's just like a sad reality for children whose parents are dealing with mental illness. It's just such a complicated thing, right? Caregiving in any sense. But yeah, that was a that was a fascinating part. You said Peg. <laughs> I completely forgot about Peg and she deserves a shout out, you know. Wow, what a great character. A lot of things she touched on too, very touchy subjects. Oh. But there's the whole at church episode where she just sticks it to the man that I <laughs> absolutely adore. I like it's a fabulous episode. That's season 1 episode three, I believe. And what I like about Peg is that she's very rational, but she comes to the best conclusions, right? She's like rational plus heart. So in her head, at first she's like, okay, well, I'm Christian and homosexuality is a sin. But then she's like, but like, I love Josh. And if I love Josh, I forget what she says in the episode, but she just comes to a conclusion that's very rational, but also very beautiful. I love that about her. I also really want to shout out episode six of season one. So Peg has uh, died. And at her funeral, she wrote her own eulogy, which makes me sob. And one part of the eulogy that I loved 
is she says that she wants to be buried so that plants and animals can snack on her just like she snacked on them throughout her life. Like, who says that? That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And you don't expect it from a character like Peg because she is a bit gruff and she's old and she comes from an older generation where people weren't mushy and stuff. But I thought that was so beautiful. She also says, you don't love people you love because they do what you want, but because of who they are, which sort of comes back to her acceptance of Josh for who he is, her acceptance of Rose more or less, you know, for who she is, even though she calls her a a kook or whatever. (laughs) That was such a beautiful piece of writing in that episode. It's such a fabulous moment. And, you know, originally Rose was going to read it and then she's like, no, I can't. So Josh does it. And it's just, it's, yeah, it was such a beautifully written speech. And it's kind of cool, you know, that she wrote it herself before she died, right? I think that's actually really awesome to like have your own last words because you, you know, at a funeral, it's it's almost like funerals are for others, which they are because you're dead, I guess. But in a sense, it is a really cool idea to pre- write your own epic speech and say what you want to say. And especially if some things are hard to say in the moment, knowing that someone will read them um, and you don't have to be there to be embarrassed about it. (laughs) It was beautiful. And then of course the episode ends a bit sadly, because this is one of Rose's other attempts uh, at suicide. But it's also Josh's birthday in that episode. And he, at first he has trouble crying about Peg, but then they bring out the cake and he starts crying. And it's like, such beautiful dichotomies of like things happening and emotions going on and obviously really hard for Josh to see his mom again like that. And Yeah. And then there was, you know, there was the whole thing with Maeve at the wake, yeah. which was just like, my Lord. Neve, sorry, Neve. Yes. Neve is a hilarious character because at first she's obviously portrayed as like a bit of a bitch, whatever. But then I actually really like her. I think in season two when her and Tom are more just like friends with benefits But then he starts going out with Jenny and she finds out and she calls Jenny and tells her and stuff. And then like, I think an episode or two later, Tom calls her to like hook up with her and she's like, I'm never hooking up with you again. (laughs) I was like, you go, Neve. You, I like you now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, in season one, she was a bit insufferable. Yeah. You know, to be fair, a lot of the relationships in the show were insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I do just briefly want to come back to the the camping episode for a second. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you're about to touch on, but there's the there's the note at the very end. Yeah, exactly. Tell us about the note. Well, so at the very end, I think she mentions it maybe a little bit before the end, but at the very end, she reveals that she has uh, a note that Ginger had left her from her suicide. And yeah, she had mentioned it before, and she she wasn't sure if she was going to read it or not. And at the very end of the episode, she decides, okay, I'm going to read it. It's really funny, but it's also very sad in a sense. So the note reads, Rose, you fat bitch. Thanks for keeping me company. Take care of yourself, Ginger. And oh man, it really brings tears to my eyes because it's like, you know, poking fun. But she says like, thank you for keeping me company. Like, that's all that life is, is trying to find the right people to keep you company. And I think in such a short note, she said what we all want she said thank you for keeping me company and make sure to take care of yourself like i think those are the two it's like that's all you need in life is company with others caring for yourself and obviously those are just big big things 
big topics. I just mean, I thought it was a perfect note. Apart from, you know, fat bitch, whatever. But like, <laughs> well, you know, not just whatever it, you know, it, it, it speaks to her character, you know, like you said before, she's yeah. the one trying to make everybody laugh. And even in her last words, she opens it with a joke, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, it's such a dark topic and we shouldn't be laughing about it, but I do like the way she did it. Like you said, it, the keeping me company is is just so beautiful and so true and it it was such a a dark decision to make but i think with this quirky little note that she left rose she's really telling her you know thank you for what you gave me i'm sorry for doing this but you know it's my decision and it's not on you and you know I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. She's not writing this whole textbook of like, I'm doing it for this reason. And when I was a kid, this happened to me. And I feel I need to do blah, blah, blah. She's like, look, like you said, this is my decision. I'm I'm deciding this. I have to do this today. And I, I just need you to know, you know, we're good. Yeah, exactly. I think it was Josh who said it right after she reads it. But she, he's like, that's no closure, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is partially true but i i think is also partially you know i think it was closure you know maybe maybe it wasn't what they were hoping for maybe they were hoping for a longer you know more heartfelt note i guess but i i do think it was closure and i think it was exactly how ginger wanted it to go you know so yeah i definitely agree of course it's like you might want to know, okay, why today? Why? What's going through your head, et cetera. But I don't think that Rose gives that to Josh in two seasons later either. You know, again, we don't know what the note says, but I think it was a very similar situation. That's the thing too with mental illness. Not that I'm an expert or anything, obviously, but because it's an illness, it's not, it's not like rational things happening. It's not like you can say, okay, like I feel this way because of this very specific thing and it's so murky feelings are so murky and when you're dealing with the intensity of illness that rose is at some point i'm sure she just felt like i need to get ahead of this i'm not i can't live for another 30 years or whatever and i don't do i think that that was the ideal decision no not at all but unfortunately that's what happens a lot of the time and and funny enough you know she's someone that probably got fairly decent care at the hospital. I mean, I don't think mental health institutions are <laughs> that great around the world, but you know, I don't think she was struggling for money. Her socioeconomic status seemed pretty standard and she still had to deal with this. So, you know, we can only imagine how mental health affects people. I would almost say her her socioeconomic status was was in the high yeah, end. Yeah. You know, like I feel for the price that he sells her house at the end and she was no, married to yeah. Alan, you know, I feel like it shows you, you know, even people who are coming from these wealthy backgrounds have all these emotions too, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. The final thing I want to say about the camping episode as well is just that 
it sh- I think you touched on this, that the relationship between Josh and Rose is never going to be perfect. It never was, never will be. But there were, through this camping excursion, <laughs> they're really trying to see each other, sort of quote unquote, see each other, which is something that I love to witness in film and television, are characters who are able to witness someone else's authentic self and whatever that means. And that's what they, I think they really achieved that in this episode. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to bicker or that obviously that bad things won't happen in the future, but it was a masterpiece of getting these characters to see each other. Yeah. I mean, perfectly said. That's that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm, I am you, so. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> what other episodes or scenes would you like to shout out? So I would like to shout out the very next episode. Yeah, another one of my favorites, but for less serious reasons. <laughs> you know, I loved the the hiking episode and and the food episode because of the subject matter that they they touched. But this this next episode right after the hiking one is when Josh makes his truffle macaroni and cheese with the truffle oil that I think it was <laughs> Patrick, yeah, who left left him truffle oil. Tom eats it. He smokes a joint and is stoned and has the munchies and goes through the entire dish of truffle mac and cheese. And Josh is super pissed off (laughs) and uh, locks him, not just locks him, like barricades him in his room, does not let him out, steals his phone, turns off the internet. And it's just the whole episode, he's like stuck in there. And it's, it's just, it's so funny. It's, it's a nice little humorous episode. I love that one. Just, just for the lightheartedness of it. Me too. Yeah. I think when we were talking about the show, like a few weeks ago or something, we both brought up like truffle mac and cheese, you know, it's like, I feel like anyone who's seen it, I feel like that's like a, a way of, of relating to someone else who's seen this show is just bringing up the truffle mac and cheese. That's the episode that Alan buys Josh the cart at the end, which is really sweet. I was just about to say (laughs) that. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting too, because like throughout the episode, Tom and Claire are sort of talking through their previous relationship. And Tom is basically saying, well, I, I do still love you or I did still love you. And so it's a bit murky. And Claire is trying to just be like, we need to move on or like, we're just different people or you know, whatever, I don't remember the exact stuff that comes up, but it was a nice, it was like a tender moment and then stupid things ensue, you know, just such a good, like, follow up to a a fairly serious episode, like you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also would love to shout out Arnold a little bit, particularly in season three, episode two, when Arnold decides he wants to come out to his parents and Josh gets Alan involved so that Arnold can like prepare to have that conversation. And so Alan is like pretending to be his dad, but he's in a really bad place because he just found out that May was cheating on him. Anyways, for some reason, Josh like pressures Arnold into singing and he sings the song Chandelier by Sia. And I know that's another one of our favorite moments. Ted and I recently went to a Silti Soleil show and one of the segments of it was with the song Chandelier. And I can't remember which one of us brought it up after, but the other one was like, oh, every time I hear that song, I think of Arnold singing it in Please Like Me. And I was like, yes, 1000% me as well. That song will forever be associated with this show. Oh yeah. Like I, every single time I hear that song, I see Arnold for sure, for sure, for sure. It's so beautiful. He has such a beautiful voice. I I feel like it's probably the actor singing, but because it's his voice does sound like the tone of his voice. But I don't know. 
it was so beautiful because you can see Josh realizing like, oh, wow, he can actually sing really well. And Alan is, it tells him after like that it was beautiful or that he's proud of him because he's still like in a funk, but he's like pretending that he's his dad. So Arnold can come out and everything. And it was just a really touching moment. I would love to just touch on briefly the last episode of season three, which is when they have a Christmas lunch. Or maybe it's dinner, but it's really bright out. So (laughs) yeah, so everyone's at Josh's and they're sort of like, it's basically like a scenario where like all these secrets come out and people are fighting and it's a very relatable holiday event. And for me, it rivals the bear in terms of like really, really special Christmas episodes. (laughs) There's really, really well-written banter. And by the end, Josh is so annoyed at everyone that he just leaves and eats a trifle on his own in the park. Yes, I love love that scene. (laughs) It's sad, but it's also like great. (laughs) It's so relatable. I I would be that person. I'm a person that like at some point, if there's too much fighting or whatever, I'm going to leave. And especially I love Rose in that episode. With the shortbread. Yeah, the shortbread. (laughs) (laughs) And things are cringy at times and funny and sort of contentious with May and and Grace, I think is the baby's name, crying and all that sort of thing. So if someone's looking for almost like a one-off Christmas episode to watch, definitely this would be on my list of recommendations. (laughs) I am curious – about your opinion on the three boyfriends. Okay. The three main ones, yes. at least. <laughs> I will say I definitely like Arnold the best. I don't love or like it just sucks sort of how him and Josh's relationship ends and they never really get back together, which is another reason why I thought maybe there'd be another season because it ended sort of in a weird way. I relate to Arnold very much through his panic attacks. So I get panic attacks that only happen in the middle of the night. So maybe that's less relatable, but like there's the episode at the end of season two where Josh and Arnold are helping Patrick. They found Patrick and he's drunk and he's having trouble getting home and they're on the beach and Arnold starts to have a panic attack and he's like, don't touch me, get away. Like the way that he acted that panic attack, I think was so fucking spot on, at least in my experience. I've never seen another panic attack like that that I found so relatable. Yeah, no, I have to completely agree with that. It, it was like a spot on depiction of at least the panic attacks that I've experienced. Yeah. You know, it was it was <laughs> yeah. spot on. What do you think of Arnold? Oof. I mean, look, I have a huge crush on Josh, so I don't think any of the boyfriends were worthy of him. I think Arnold was the closest. Uh, I did love him at first. I did really like him. I did not like the whole threesome situation. I that That was when I was like, okay not so into that i i don't i didn't like yeah. the way arnold was acting and there you know later in the show that he's part of he, you know he does a few things that i didn't love which i mean you know who am i to judge but like yeah i he was i think i think out of the three like i i didn't like patrick period he was uh, i well funny enough i actually really like patrick i just didn't like the fact that he didn't like josh you know what i mean like <laughs> that yeah i mean that's the reason i didn't like him <laughs> you know like he, i guess he was a fine you don't really get to know him too much 
he's he's a bit of like a, yeah. a fluffed over character. He's really hot though. Well, yeah, but I mean, but then I mean, there's Jeffrey, which like yeah, okay, Jeffrey. What I love about Jeffrey is his like hairstyle evolution. So like in season one, it's like honestly cringy like 2013 tumblr era guy hairstyle that i was just like i cannot watch this for one more second and then he comes back in like maybe the end of season one or season two he his head is shaved Mm -hmm. at some point and i was like okay i can get with that and then i think the final time he comes up in the show he's got a beard oh the beard or but like it's like a nice it's like a nice quaffed beard and it's like oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, so for me, he got hotter, which I love. You love to see. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, he was definitely the easiest on the eyes, in my opinion, out of the three of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I guess I think I would say Arnold is probably my favorite one out of them. I do like a lot of the growing up together they did, if that mm. is a good way to put it. You know, the whole coming out for Arnold was really well done. The way Josh navigated his his mental health and the way he you know was supportive and knew what to do and didn't judge him at all for it you know i really loved that that it was great oh yeah for sure it was a really sweet relationship which ended quite badly i think uh so that happened in season four episode two which i love this episode it's when they go camping but with hannah for her birthday and so it's with hannah Josh and Arnold and Ella and Tom. Sort of early on in the episode, Arnold and Josh fight. And then they sort of make up. But then both of them on their own are sort of thinking like, should I break up with the other? Or like, where's this relationship going? And one of my favorite scenes of the whole show is when, so Josh ends up breaking up with Arnold, basically when they like wake up on the last day of the trip in their tent but Arnold was sort of convinced by Ella to assume that, no, Josh actually does love you. You'll work through it. And so he wasn't expecting it. And he goes out and it's raining and he starts yelling at Josh. And then the music comes in. Like, I love the music in this show. I think it's all original, I believe. Uh, just like the score. And it's so heartbreaking. He's really like lashing out. And then Tom comes with an umbrella and holds him. And Ella goes to comfort Josh. It's so heartbreaking. But it's such a beautifully, beautifully heartbreaking scene. Yeah, no. And I want to touch on the music that you're talking about here. As musicians, you know, we can really appreciate this. There's one, I mean, all of the music fantastic. Um, we already talked about the theme song, but there's this one song that comes back at the end of all the really heavy episodes. And it's got this piano solo. Every single time it comes on, I my whole body gets goosebumps. It's such a perfect piece of music to go with the feelings that you're feeling. It's it's so good. Absolutely. I love, love, love all the scoring, all the music involved in this show. It's always the the harmony is always quite heartbreaking. I don't know, like from my freaking, you know, university degree, a German six maybe, like I don't but like some part of like the harmony has like a twinge to it that makes your heart go you know sad exactly exactly <laughs> so shout out to whoever was responsible for the music in this show i think every facet i mean 
The cinematography, like I mentioned, that was really striking in the episode where they all go to the restaurant before Rose passes away. Like just, I think all the aspects of the show really work so, so, so well together. I would assume that he had some, some of the best people in Australia, you know, like working on this show. That's what it looks like. It's just so well done. Yeah. You know, he really must have because it, it's better done than a lot of other really big budget shows. You know, the story is so good that like you worry they might not be able to present it as well as they can but they totally do everything is so good like you said the cinematography and the food episode was just fantastic we already touched on this but the way they incorporate the theme song in a lot of the episodes is also really fantastic there was one where the, i forget who which season and whatever but it was they were at a club and it was the drags the drag people singing the episode and it was just it was so good it was i loved it it was so well filmed so well incorporated it's crazy it like it they certainly did a good job with this show in terms of technical everything. Yeah, Josh Thomas is one of my favorite creators. I just want to take a second to shout out his sort of follow-up show, which is called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Uh, it's a two-season show. I don't think his name is Josh in that show. I can't remember. But it's, again, almost like a fictionalized version of him as well. Very, like, auteur vibes you know that that filmmakers are often called auteurs but like this happens a lot too in tv where like josh is so involved in the making of please like me that like i think this is when tv works well is when you have someone who has a really clear idea of what they want their show to be like and they do not deviate from it the overall vibes the way everything is shot is consistent from episode one to the final episode. You can see that the vision has remained the same and that they've just built different arcs for their characters, but they did not change at any point in time. They did not change what the show is fundamentally about and what it's supposed to evoke in you. And like you were saying, there are some big budget shows out there that Honestly, the reason the show is made is because there's a big budget. And then they have to ask someone, can you write a script for a, a big budget? Can you direct this? Because we have a big budget. And there's no vision. And I get not to be <laughs> too mean about it, but to me, that's the category of what I call entertainment versus storytelling. I'm not good at explaining my thoughts. Like these are obviously such big words I'm using, and like there's so much overlap, obviously. But this to me is storytelling at its fucking finest. He was not creating a show so he could make money and blah, blah, blah. He's creating a show because he had a beautiful idea and he developed that idea consistently throughout all four seasons. Exactly. Like the like I said when we were talking about the hike episode, it's just the two of them. There's no flashy stuff going on, and it's the narrative that carries the episode. Mm -hmm. It's an exploration of of emotions more than like, how can we entertain people? If you just want something where it's like mindless or my go-to, which is Marvel, um, <laughs> my go-to jab, but like, I don't know. <laughs> It's shows like these that, that that's the reason I'm doing this podcast. Like that's like I want to go rewatch the show right now, you know? <laughs> like like we were saying I literally just finished it last night. The because I all I, I hate watching the last two episodes, so I waited. But like I would go and rewatch oh, it yeah. right now. You know, like it's <laughs> it sort of reminds me of that idea. I don't want to get like corny, but the idea of, you know, as human beings 
if you close yourself off to pain, you also close yourself off to joy. That's just unfortunately how our bodies and brains work. If we're going to be vulnerable, that that's the only way of experiencing all the feelings. You can't just shut out the bad feelings because then you're going to shut out. Shut. I keep saying, oh my God, I keep trying to say sh- shut out, but I keep saying shout out. Ah, There's no way, Miss Brene Brown says, there's no way to you know get rid of bad feelings because then you won't let the good ones in. So I think this is like the TV show equivalent of it, right? We know how badly this ends for Rose in particular. We know how much pain Josh is in by the end of this show and we're ready to watch it over and over and over again. And that, I don't know what other show <laughs> is such a testament to that idea. I think this is the one for me of that because I, when I was writing these notes, man, I was crying. There were tears going down my face as I was taking notes. And so you can only imagine how much I cry when I watch the damn thing, you know, and I would do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always happy to shed tears for this show. hundred percent. I really just super briefly want to shout out episode six of season three, which is when Claire gets an abortion. We don't have to get into it too heavily, but I thought I personally thought, okay, I haven't had an abortion, but what I mean, but I still think that it's a very, very great depiction of that experience. And what I really loved about the episode was how Claire, she's feeling pretty upset towards the end of the episode. And she says, you know, she wasn't upset that she got the abortion. She was sort of, she felt guilty that she got pregnant in the first place. And she said that she essentially, she feels like she failed at something because she had to get an abortion. Right. And I thought that's a really beautiful way of putting it in, in terms of like, I think I would feel the same too. I'm not someone that wants to be pregnant. And so if I found myself pregnant and then I had to get an abortion, I might also temporarily have the guilt of like, oh shit, I shouldn't have like quote unquote, put myself in this position. And obviously that's bullshit, right? We know. <laughs> I just wanted to to bring that up because I think, again, if someone's looking for maybe like a standalone episode on a topic such as abortion, I would absolutely highly recommend this one. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you brought this one up because that's another one that I, I, I didn't think of, but it is so well done. You know, it's it, it really is. They really handle all of these topics in a very straightforward way they don't cloud it it's really good yeah yeah and josh was a really good friend in that episode i feel like and especially between the two of them and the relationship that they have you know that it's it's a very bizarre relationship i guess but it it, you know it shows that they you know maybe they almost feel as if they're siblings you know they're they're there for each other you know and there's no judgment or anything like that so yeah absolutely and I love that the episode titles are like food or drink names, you know, yeah. like I haven't gone back to look and see if like the title of the episode is a food or drink that's actually in the episode. Oh, it is. It, it is. is. Okay. I, I've, I oh. noticed this the first time I was watching it. I, I noticed it in, in, in the names and I was like, oh, okay. And it, like they keep it up. It's it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, I'm wondering now if do you have any general or final thoughts on this beautiful show? Watches. That's all I can say. It's, you know, it was so good. You know, at the beginning, you asked me if I had any expectations going into it, and I didn't. And like, even if I had super high expectations, it would have delivered, you know? So I have to say, go watch this show. It's, (laughs) 
I think anybody can enjoy it, and I think everybody would enjoy it. So highly recommend. Oh, absolutely. I We had touched on it before, but in a way, it's like it's interesting that there's no happy ending, really. Especially what I find interesting is with Josh's condo, like he spends, what, a million, more than a million dollars, and then his neighbors are annoying as fuck. I swear to God, if that was me, I... Okay, I'm not going to make light of a serious topic, but yeah, I would be very upset. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> like, that's why, like, I don't ever want to own property because I'm like, you, you're telling me I have to spend a million dollars to hear my neighbors fight. I can do that for the amount I spend on rent right now. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Exactly. It was such a coming full circle way to end the show, kind of, you know, like, there was this horrible thing that happened. He got this great house out of it, but it's not as great as he thought. You know, like it's it's this whole theme of like life's gonna shit on you, so just kind of deal with it. You know, and it just goes on, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this show just has an extremely, extremely special place in my heart. I would probably venture to say that. If I could only watch one show for the rest of my life, I think this would be an easy pick. There's other shows that I adore, namely The Americans that we covered recently. But in terms of the different emotions that you feel while watching this show, this is the most well-rounded one, I think. I And like we had said at the beginning, we can't, we both can't imagine not watching it again and again. So we both sort of actually already answered the last question I have, which is to tell people in under 10 seconds why they should watch this show if they ignored my spoiler warning. And you you absolutely already nailed it. And and mine, just to go further with it, is just that you will never find another show where you can laugh so much, especially at the Australian accents. I'm sorry, any Aussie fans out there. <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all, but your accents, I'm sorry, they're ridiculous. In a good way, but they're ridiculous. So you'll never laugh so much and cry so much at the same time. And I think that's that's just life. This show is life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ted, thank you so, so much for coming onto the pod today. Oh, my pleasure. I loved it. I'm always happy to talk about this show or any other show. Yes, I, I cannot have talked about this with anyone else. I'm so happy that it's, you know, special to both of us. But again, like I mentioned at the beginning, we're the same person. So why are we so Yeah, you know, I am going to... Just throw out here, you know, I don't know a single other human being who has seen the show, who has heard of the show, anything. And I forget why we were talking or where we were talking, but I think you brought the show up and I was like, <laughs> you've seen this show. I am in love with that show. And it just goes to show you we are the same person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think producer Jackie said she watched it, but it's been a while. But if you and Jackie are the two people in, in my life that know this show, that makes me so happy. <laughs> and that's the show. You can find us on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at WatchedItPod or by email at WatchedItPod at gmail.com. Make sure to let us know if you can say watched it when someone brings up Please Like Me and share why you think people should check it out. Happy watching and see you next week.